What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Keeping It Real. Jim, Ahmad, Terry. Ahmad, back by popular choice. You went over great last week. This is, I think, was it your first or second, second. Keeping It Real? Second, right? Second. Was it? Third. Well, either way, they're it loving him, so he's back, people. Him. He's back by popular <laughs> demand. The fans uh, demanded it. I, I'm I'm embedded in this thing like a tick, so you're stuck with me until they finally get rid you of me. You live in that chair, don't you? I do, pretty much. It's it, I'm fused to it like the the three-eyed raven. Oh yeah. This is my tree. Uh, Terry, <laughs> you're you're back by popular demand as well. Did people miss me? Do they miss my thoughts know. on Suicide Squad? I'm sure people. Are we have a few emails that. that we'll get to. Actually, we are actually going to do reader email this week because news-wise, it's kind of light. But the thing I want to start with. Because we started with, there's still plenty to talk about Suicide Squad and DC in general. We'll get to that. But I want to kind of switch it up this week because the last two weeks we've done like leading off with DC stuff. So let's talk about Star Wars. Um, with Rogue One dropped a, a new trailer right after, pretty much right after we recorded last week's <laughs> yeah. So we were speculating about what it would do. But let's talk about our thoughts on, on Rogue One in general, that trailer in, uh, in, in particular. And the and, international one. And the yeah. international one, yeah. Um, Good point. So let me just kick it to you guys. Uh, what did you guys think of that new Rogue One trailer? Uh, ladies first, I guess, yeah. <laughs> he pointed at Amato. He's saying, um, kicking the can down the road. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I think that it's, Stunning. I think that movie looks so beautiful, and and it's funny. Sean Finnegan, who's one of our producers, actually did a, a gallery that you can find where he just took screenshots of what he thought was like the most beautiful cinematography from the trailer. And I agree with him. Like I think it is really stunning. I was excited to hear a little bit of uh, Alan Tudyk's voice and see his like new saucy droid. That's what I'm going to keep calling it, sassy droids of Star Wars. Expect a list. I like eventually. saucy better than sassy. Saucy. saucy. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, and I I've said this since the beginning and I feel like I'm really in the minority. I am less excited about the Vader reveal at the end of the trailer than everything else before it. I, you know, and I think the big difference between this and and uh, episode Force. seven, yeah, Force Awakens, is like we're looking back instead of forward, and so there's not as much of a big question as what's going to happen because we yeah. know how this ends. That being said, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see Gareth Edwards' vision still, and this trailer I think was a better trailer than the first one they put out, and I'm I'm interested. To to see a different type of Star Wars movie that might set the tone for how they handle future ones. Yeah, the cinematography was definitely, we're used to, I mean, the prequels gave us a different version of that where it was a little more confined even though there were different worlds. And then coming to The Force Awakens, they opened it up and there was a lot more outdoor shots, which was nice to see that again. And to actually everything being, you know, 90% practical, which was nice again. But this is like big sprawling shots, like big vistas and big, big backgrounds. So it was, it was really nice seeing. Um, one thing I wanted to mention um, is the kind of whole Tony Gilroy thing. Yeah. It's very interesting that he was kind of listed as an uncredited writer for a while. And then all of a sudden the reshoots happened and now he's getting a screenwriter credit, yeah. which seemed to, that you know, that escalated quickly. Well, yeah, the union definitely, I mean, you... Those credits are set by the Writers Guild of America, so clearly he contributed enough to to warrant having authorship of the movie, you know, uh, shared authorship. Whether we feel that in the movie or not remains to yeah. be seen, right? That's always what's interesting when you have somebody who's not your original writer suddenly have a lot more of their voice in there. Does it feel But he's, he's, col he's collaborated with Gareth uh, uh, Edwards before the director on Godzilla, and you know he's he comes from a, a family of of screenwriters. His yeah. his brother is one as uh, well. I believe um, Dan. 
Which one? Yeah, which Dan is Gilbert. the one who's married to Rene Russo? It's Dan, I think. I right? think it's Dan. Oh no, 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 no! It's it's uh, Wait, uh, Who's the guy? Who? Which one of them did um, uh, the the Gyllenhaal movie with about the reporter? Uh, oh. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. It was Dan. I thought right? that was Dan. Yeah. Well, he's the one. Who's... <laughs> Anyways, far afield of that. Um, but I think it's. Um, I'm going to weigh in on the trailer. I didn't think it was that different from the first one. I thought it was a lot of the same bits. Again, there were some new ones. I thought the international one was interesting in that they had, spoiler, I guess, but it's in a trailer. Well, the international trailers did kind of spoil a reveal about Which was Force Awakens. previously. Oh. About the one where they're like, um, you know, I'm waiting for my family. Like, that was left out of all the domestic ones. Right. But right near the end, like with just four weeks to go, they put out this international one where her line to BB-8 comes up. And so that kind of confirmed a lot of people's kind of suspicions. But for me, like this one, Jyn Erso is told, I think it was Mon Mothma, one of the other characters, says that your, your dad sent us this message. And it kind of confirms this fan theory that he is sort of the Oppenheimer, yeah. I think, like the guy who actually kind of creates the Death Star, has, is riddled with guilt, and then is trying to like stop it from happening. Which is actually a really brilliant kind of idea, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I think that's really interesting, and I, I think that's a good use of Mads Mikkelsen, uh, who is playing her father, which he already s spoiled in his yeah. own interview. Yeah. But it is sort of, like, interesting that, again, we're dealing with daddy issues in mm. the Star Wars movie. And I think, you know, we both talked about how we were struck by the cinematography. But, I mean, I could say the same thing about Godzilla. And for me, we've already been over that, you know, I'm not the world's biggest Godzilla fan. It's not I also <laughs> didn't like Kong Skull Island, which everyone else has chimed in with. You're all wrong. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I want to put it out there that, that that's not my particular fandom or, or fan interest. But that movie, I thought, was visually stunning but didn't really leave an impact beyond that. And I know my Gareth Edwards tried. Yeah, and he was trying to do something a little bit different with Godzilla, with their perspective and yeah. never being able to see it. And obviously this is a little bit of a different take on Star Wars. So will it be another thing that looks beautiful, but people just sort of, it doesn't leave an impact. Have you guys seen his uh, his first film, Monsters? Monsters. Yeah. That's really good. I that. like that one It came out lot. around the same time Wasn't it Scoot Nine, McNary, right? right? It was the main guy, I think, mm. in that. Um, the guy, Possibly. Mr. No Legs from BVS. Uh, but to get back to Rogue Mr. One, no Mr. Legs. Mr. No Legs. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, ch I'm channeling Carl on that one. We need a new one since Chris Carl, your predecessor, used to have a a podcast like he would throw out these one-liners and one that that caught on was that's my butter and it was like the stupidest most random thing that Someone made us laugh Chris but it Carla, just it just shirt. Yeah. i told him i still didn't have a catchphrase when i saw him. yeah we'll we'll have to we'll have to come up with one for you but um but rogue one like it's not grabbing me like they put out i, I think empire has a has a cover featuring the cast and it's a good cast but there's something about it. I said on Twitter, I'm like, they look like the cast of a sci-fi show that would get canceled after one season. And at this point... But, but honestly, every Star Wars film has, has had that. But there's I mean, something about the characters, though. I think maybe because they're, they're hinging the marketing so far on the idea of we need to stop the Death Star instead of like, I have no idea who these people are. No. We're, we're, you know... Two trailers into Force Awakens, which gave you very little plot-wise, 
we had all latched on to different po characters. Or BB, po or yeah. Ray, yeah. or Well, it, was really, it wasn't even Poe, but you're right, because ben. you didn't get that much screen time. But yeah, Finn, BB-8, Ray, even Kylo Ren. Right the minute we saw BB-8, people, yeah, exactly. Like, nobody in these trailers, for me, and I'm just, I hate to be the, the perpetual pisser on this show, but like, it's not... There's think, something that's just well, not no, grabbing this, me. It no, feels I think I think the point, the the best part of the point is that they're not focusing on the characters. Yeah. They're telling you. I think they're just trying to get you, get the audience that maybe isn't diehard Star Wars fans. Like, this is the period that this takes place. This is what's going on. You'll you'll learn the characters when you get in the door. But think about Force Awakens. The first thing you see in the first trailers is a brand new character, brand yeah. new face, announcing to the world, "This is a new Star Wars." You know, but and this isn't. This. It is and it isn't. Right. It's retreading Olga. There's something about it that feels very much like the world's biggest and maybe best fan film. Well, I mean, I think what their their probably biggest concern is letting people know this is a Star Wars film, so it will perform to expectations, and really making sure that you're aware of that and kind of pulling you in from there. But you're right; they, we we haven't gotten alone. No, none of the the trailers really showcase any of the character names. Any of the you know, there's very little of that. Um, they focused a little more on some some a lot of familiar things of the Star yeah. Wars universe and, and a couple think, of new things. I do think you're right. None of the characters have popped. Like we were excited when we found out who Jyn Erso was in the first trailer, simply because we were like, oh, cool new new Star Wars character. But I think she's sort of like faded into the background with these other ones. And you yeah. you made us a, a joking comment about like, oh, should we talk about Diego Luna? I want to talk about Diego Luna. Like I think he <laughs> look, he seems very charming in these trailers. But like you have these Forrest Whitaker voiceovers and you don't really know who he is and he's the character we know the most about and yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And, like, yeah. And, and you have like these other characters who did get spotlighted a little bit more in early ones uh, earlier trailers but not so much here and they're trying to establish this is you know the Death Star and beforehand without just saying before a new hope which is you, all you have do to you say think, do, you think, yeah. do you think they may have ruin that reveal by showing stuff at Celebration weeks before to an entire audience, including IGN people, and they knew then like the Vader reveal was there. I don't think so, because think I think the people you need to sell with these trailers are the general audience. And I think like I would look back and I would credit the marketing campaign for um, for The Force Awakens and for Jungle Book and for Civil War being the reasons that those movies popped and, and did so well. Finding Dory, like those, those films, they really hinged on the marketing campaign. And I think with Peach Dragon before this, which was a harder sell, but with Rogue One, which shouldn't be that hard of a sell. I think they are sort of fumbling the marketing. There hasn't been a trailer that really mm. sells it and Outside also makes it the... yeah, it makes it very clear what it is while also making it very it's clear. There's also not a lot care. of action in these things. You see that same thing again on the beach um, with get... the with the walker, but <laughs> Look, have the we seen troopers. the walker, the death troopers. There's just a lot of but they're and just walking good enough for I me. Disagree. A lot of walking. I think the and action they're... scenes in these in the trailer was awesome. I think that beach well, fight looks amazing. But we saw it First type one. of action too. Yeah. This is this we is like the, the grittier version of the Hoth battle. Yeah. You know, it's not just hey, it's it's Ewoks and we're we, shooting from behind trees and someone's getting hit with a rock. Like this is this is we a war. Don't knock dead Ewok. Dead Ewok taught an entire generation of children about death. 
<laughs> no, we and did, we did see in the first trailer, but I'm okay with them keeping some stuff close to their chest, really only teasing one big battle, so yeah, there are surprises. We with know other when ones. it takes place. Yeah. They, they don't, if they reveal anything more to us, you know, we're getting into And a, all the new worlds, like, to me, the thing that I really did like most about the prequels that, you know, I, when I look at the original trilogy and the prequels, the original tril trilogy is very much about space, and you maybe get one or two planets per, and the second, the prequels were all about, like, the world building. Like Coruscant is a very impressive planet. Naboo, beautiful. Like like these are really stunning locations, and it seems to me like Rogue One will have a nice mix of that, where we've already seen teases of really interesting planets, but we also hopefully will have that space element because it's the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, so okay, thumbs up or thumbs down so far? Are 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 you has has any of the Rogue One stuff just simple yes or no? Has it grabbed you yet? I'm gonna go with the IGN scale and give it a. Midway <laughs> thumb? Yeah, what the it's hell like is that? it's like a three-quarter thumb. I'm not all the way there, but I'm not. So you're giving it on a on a ten-point scale, which we use. We don't 7. use thumbs. 5. She's giving it a seven-point-five, so she's on board. Ahmad, what about I'm you? I'm totally on board. I mean, when when this was an idea, when the original kind of uh, leakings were coming out that this was going to be a story about bounty hunters stealing the Death Star plans, I was on board. Rebel stealing out the plans, still on board. Does not matter. It it looks great to me. Okay. Even I, I don't need to be sold. That's the problem. Is the the You're trailer sold. does once I heard the premise, fine, I'm there. Okay. Sign me up. All right. So I'm the naysayer in the group. I'm the one that Bothans aren't gonna die here. Just That's remember that. Wrong Star Wars movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're down, your thumbs down? I just no, I I'm just I'm You're the ambivalent. one who went with the thumbs? Well Joshua ju uh, Joshua and I are actually in agreement about like, not, and it just again like I want to know who's. It's a story about who doing what, and and right now I feel like the greatest thing that that Jen Erso appears to bring to the table is sarcasm, and I'm like, okay, is there anything else to these characters? And they they all just seem like placeholder characters. And I just want to know more about the people of this story. I because I already know the plot and I know how it ends, so. What else you got? And you know the look of the characters again. Like they all look like a sci-fi show. That if you saw that same group of characters, you'd be like, oh yeah, is this the one that Kevin Sorbo was gonna do? I don't know. Maybe oh. that's too. Oh, it's too. Oh. I would DVR it regardless. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry's Rogue One. I'm I just, do. You know, I do want to say I. I, I feel like they're Sorry. being misleading with that shot of Jin in the, the black stormtrooper outfit and they're like, oh, what, what will you become? I'm like, people are gonna think she becomes a villain, which I don't, maybe, she's, I mean, maybe, maybe she's Captain Phasma's mom. No more moms, no more mom theories. <laughs> I don't need anybody We have else. enough mom daddy issues. Mom theories have been struck for, this, yeah, it's this all universe, about daddy The Star Wars issues. universe is so big, I don't need any more people being related. <laughs> and I don't need to see Tatooine again, I think, unless, Unless we need, unless somebody like left, we have new versions there. of Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, know, we, get, yeah. yeah so, we get the Jakku yeah. version. We get this version. Yeah, Although we get this the Hawaii. Cold. I haven't seen any snow yet, but whatever. yeah. All right. Well, we want to hear what you guys think of uh, the Rogue One marketing, the new trailers, all that. Are you on board? Are you not on board? Thoughts about it? Let us know in the comments. Um, let's move into some other Star Wars things just to rattle them off. Uh, episode eight will be scored once again by John Williams. And then the Han Solo uh, solo movie is uh, will reportedly include Lando Calrissian, and Birth Movie's Death is claiming that Donald Glover is the <laughs> main guy for it. Like because in the Nerdosphere, Donald Glover has to be up for you know everything. Yeah, 
You and know? it's funny because I just talked to him for Atlanta, and then that new his new FX show, and then uh, like a day later, it came out. The other yeah, it fails. Oh, what do you guys think about him? As is, isn't he a little too old for 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 uh, young Lando? Because Lando like and, and Han, I know, but like Lando and Han were about the same age. Alden Ehrenreich's like what 23, 24, something like that. I He's think what? they would look, I mean, if we, I guess we don't know what Donald Glover is doing in Spider-Man Homecoming, but he's in a high school movie in, in some role, probably as like a college-age student, I'd guess. I think, I think they would look fine. He's ageless. Yeah, he is. And I also think he, like, he has the right look, and he also has the right humor yeah. for Orlando. Which I could see him bouncing off of uh, Alden Ehrenreich, yeah. right, you know? And there's something like, I, I've never really seen him play a dubious character. I'm used to him as kind of the nice guy or as the nerd. Well, he played slightly different in uh, Magic Mike XXL. I didn't he's, see that. He's barely, he's, <laughs> he's not in a, a lot. A big revelation here from that. Ahmad <laughs> that he saw Magic Mike It XXL. is, uh, I saw it. I heard it's better than the first one, which I still haven't it seen. It is the anymore. movie, the first one, what everyone thought the first one was going to be. It is a lot more fun. All right. Well, I want to do a little reader Stripper email right reader. now. Yeah. Uh, because we did get some feedback and some past shows. We didn't get to get to it. So let us read. Let us pray. Now, uh, we have, um, this is, we just got this one in today. Uh, hey gang, super long time listener of the show and look forward to every week. Uh, Michael asks us, recently David Ayer explained the damage tattoo. This is about Suicide Squad if you haven't caught on yet. Uh, David Ayer explained that the damage tattoo in Grill Joker Sports uh, uh, as a casualty uh, of uh, to killing Robin, but if Harley Quinn helped kill Robin, then how does he have these during their first encounters? Thoughts? Interesting. Very good catch, Michael. Right? Hmm. Where, Maybe you there stumped were two the Robins. Band. Well, there was yeah. well, <laughs> multiple. Um, in the some of the flashback scenes that didn't make it to the movie, it looks there are scenes where it doesn't look like she's gone through the full Harley conversion. Maybe they just took place very early when she wasn't totally. The full Harley conversion sounds like a, like a seventies band like Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah, or maybe you're on tour with MC5. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. This is very hypothetical, but it could be something that for consistency they went and like. Is your shirt have Frenchies on it? Did I it just does. notice it has yes, French bulldogs? I'm sorry, I'm a it big does. dog person. You're welcome. But sorry, I am also a Continue. big dog person. Continue. <laughs> like my shirt. Um, it could be that they, for for consistency's sake, edited in. You know the damage tattoo, and he might not have had that originally. I don't know. No, no, that doesn't I'm make sense. Sure I will say a theory, something that I completely missed when I watched it, and and something that I do think is very interesting, and actually is a, a more compelling thing. I wish they had explored was the idea that maybe Harley miscarried because in that scene where you see um, Joker lying on the ground with the knives around, you see baby clothes in the corner mm. of the screen, and then also it makes her flashback or like her perfect world make a lot more sense if she was supposed to have a child and miscarried and that's why she has this idea of a perfect family and not just like yeah. oh Harley wants to be a housewife or whatever but like she had something that she lost with him yeah suddenly I, just, I that makes yeah, the movie a lot so, more interesting to me and I'm, I'm curious I hope if whether we have the chance to talk to someone involved or someone else does I, Get yeah. some clarity on that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's cool. a fa it's a fascinating read on it. It was HitFix, right? Hit, hit first, yeah, first and I've seen some really other people it. pick yeah. it up as well. But it was really, um, uh, yeah, it, it lends a lot more emotional weight to her art. It gives them, 
Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. Does does it kind of humanize them too much though? Like, honestly, yeah, the turns way into that, like Virginia Wolf territory at that point. The way that they've been speaking about some of the backstories of those characters, I just assumed that it was like honestly the obvious, and that hey, Joker has no bounds. Joker can kill babies because. Mm. Hey, slipped off to serial rapist. I mean, it's like yeah. all of these, and Harley killed Robin. Like all of these backstories of people are actually worse than what we saw on the screen. So <laughs> I just assume, yeah, sure, great, Maybe? awesome. And then it also makes sense with the uh, the bar scene with where she's having the conversation with El Diablo about owning mm. that stuff. And I was like, okay. hey, if you kill babies, tell people you kill babies. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah, if Maybe she did miscarry too, then it also that, that scene also that. has yeah. that kind of resonance with that scene too. Right? Or maybe that's why he pushed her into, had her go into the chemicals. Yeah, she had to do it herself. I don't know, but that I think I think that is really interesting and something that I wish had been included in the movie if it was meant to be. Some of it, it might be on this mythical director's cut that we inevitably will get. I We're gonna know. get a Blu-ray with <laughs> four scenes that we saw in the trailers. It's <laughs> not gonna be that different. I, I don't think we'll get it. I mean, Did Michael have more to his No, email? now we have an email from JC from Overland Park, Kansas. What up, JC? He says, I don't really get the constant hand ring over Ghostbusters and I can't help but think there's an obvious narrative behind it. It's not going where you think it's going. Uh, well, it did didn't perform as well at the box office as hoped. It has nothing on mega flops like the BFG, Gods of Egypt. Those are almost instantly forgotten, yet we are still discussing Ghostbusters for some reason. He, he gives some more context about uh, its review scores and then IMDB users, yada, yada, yada. Uh, critics are defending their anger against it by saying they're sick of reboots, but that is complete bull. Uh, Batman Begins, Casino Royale, Star Trek 09, are all well-received big hits. Um, when John Carter and Battleship flopped, no one blamed Taylor Kitsch. Actually, a lot of people blamed yeah. Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that was written was that movie needed a star, he's not a star. But I, I, I see his point. If anything, people felt sorry for him and defended him as a good actor. Compare that to the disgusting vitriol leveled at Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and tell me it's not sexist. Now, I'm not saying all criticism of Ghostbusters is sexist, but it's impossible to ignore. Uh, all right, so do we think, um, because we've had a few other people kind of call us out for like, well, you know, um, you harp on Suicide Squad, maybe uh, it's box office, and we'll get to this actual, some more news about that in a minute. Um, uh, but you're not complaining half as much about Ghostbusters. We actually have in the podcasts and news stories. I mean, I also think I'll be completely honest. I mean, people, read about Ghost, uh, Suicide Squad even more than they read about Ghostbusters. And, you know, at a certain point, you're not going to keep writing up stuff that people aren't reading. And I, But I also will say, like, people aren't debating whether Ghostbusters was a disappointment. Ghostbusters box office hall was a disappointment yeah. for Sony. And the movie itself wasn't great, but also wasn't bad enough to completely write off. So yeah. it's somewhere in that middle ground that it does, like, it, it, you know, it, I think it the did. reason we aren't talking about the box office more is because there's not a debate about it. While there are a lot of people, like I had someone be, say, well, Suicide Squad has made 550 million and that's how much it costs to make and it's gonna make 650 million. So that's a huge success. I'm like, $100 million is not no, a huge success. It has when to it make two and a half times what it costs to make, what people aren't also factoring in. And we had a reader, uh, Adolf Vega, wrote to us the other day, um, you know, there are, there are things that you have to subtract from that gross. You, the theater 
owners Prince, get a cut, you Prince know? And, uh, uh, well, even I including the cost of P&A, it still has to make two and a half times what all of that cost to make in order to turn a profit. That is just old, that's math in Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, and let's face it, Hollywood accounting has always been legendarily screwy. But um, it also, you know, we don't know what kind of back-end deals Will Smith was getting to be in this movie, so maybe he gets a cut. Jared Leto, maybe he gets a cut. Um, Every time know. he bashes the movie, he gets more money. <laughs> and that actually, good segue, Terry, because uh, the longtime listeners and viewers know I love segues. Um, going back to the did notes. we answer? Did we answer the question about Ghostbusters? I think. Oh it's, well, it's yeah. So it, you know, it's we're a little more than a little out of the window of it, it being still in the theaters, whereas Suicide Squad, you know, it's only been in theaters a couple of weeks. So. And there's a much larger sort of picture at stake for Suicide Squad and DC movies and all that than like Ghostbusters. Which it was supposed well, to relaunch the franchise, but but I mean it can still relaunch it. I mean maybe it doesn't get a sequel. It's obviously looking like it's not going there. But they're talking about an animated series, and it that's kind of still a win. You know, if you can Keeping throw one more alive. movie out and then throw in a new animated series with new characters or the same characters from the film, that's kind of a win for them, even if they don't get a sequel. So. Yeah, uh, I mean uh, we should also point out that like uh, maybe we did last week, but X Men Apocalypse is kind of. In a slightly similar boat where it made money, but it didn't make enough to, you know, brag hugely about. It's, and, it's the and same. It's the same thing. It's, it's it kind of like a wash. Like, what do we do now? Like, there, it, it didn't make enough to say, run right back out, make another one. It was and like, then, you know, it didn't lose enough money to be like, scrap it all. Like, it just sort of right. is. And people air. didn't think it was terrible. People didn't think it was great. It made about as. You know, maybe not as much as they expected to, and it, it kept moving. It was the same yeah. thing with Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was just sort of like it's like when you get like a, a slice of pizza that's just so, you know, it tastes like pizza. It's not the worst I've had, not the best I've had. Well, I guess I'll still eat pizza. I just don't think I'll have any more this week. Right. It's a bad analogy. No, I, I like that pizza. analogy. Also. You like I my like pizza, pizza analogy? I like pizza. Let me know at @jimvanda if you <laughs> like my pizza analogy. Uh, segway though, I ruined your segway. Segway. Suicide Squad. So Jared Leto. Did a, a fan event up in Malibu called Camp Mars for his band, 30 Seconds to Mars. And um, he, I, according to what fans were saying on their, their social media posts and on their tumblers and all that, that he was kind of bad-mouthing the movie. And he has, I mean, even to our own Chris Tilly, he, he was a little pissy in that interview. I don't know if you guys actually watched it, but he was yeah. pissy and defensive about the movie, but not towards us for asking. And he says he still hasn't seen the movie, but he felt, quote, according to what fans wrote about what he told them, and there's a snippet of video about this, um, he says he felt, quote, tricked into being in the movie, that the movie that was pitched to him is not the movie that came out. And from what we know and what we talked about last week, like the scenes and there's the arc of a lot more Joker. Joker and Harley, that whole arc is different. I mean, very it sounds different. like it was a three or like a three and a half to four hour long movie that was cut down to two hour, two and a half, two hours and fifteen minutes. I don't understand how under 180 page shooting scripts get greenlit. I don't, I don't know how that was. It really 180 page? No, I mean the BVS one was oh, uh, yeah, north yeah. of there. But I, I mean, if I'm a studio head and I get this script and it looks like you know, it looks like it's more than 120 pages. I'm like, 
bring cut pages and come to me and then we'll talk about producing your movie. But I mean, if you, no. Yeah, I guess, yes. Oh, I was gonna segue again because I know you like your segues because I wrote an op-ed about why one movie can't save the DC extended universe anymore and something that I was talking about in it is like, well, you're saying the scripts need to be snappier and, and stronger. Like, you, it can't just be something that you throw everything on, on you know, the screen and then cut it down when you don't have an editor who is able to really nimbly bring it together into a cohesive story. And a lot of people, like I intentionally did not use the word Marvel in there once because I just wanted to talk about these films, but inevitably commenters were saying, oh, well, you know, the first Marvel movies weren't great. But to me, like what, what... Critics and audiences would dispute that claim, you know. I mean... Thor, like Iron Man 2, is is a flawed movie. Obviously, yeah. The Incredible Hulk did not Iron work, Man. which is why a lot has been changed. Or well, I mean, Iron Incredible Man 3 Hulk made, made me like Iron Man 2. <laughs> well, like here, here's like I, I'm not a fan of the Thor movies. I think the first one's okay. I really don't like the second one. I think it's their their weakest film, even weaker in some ways than Iron Man 2 in my regard. Which at the time I liked, but um, I have not really. I don't feel compelled to go back to watch it again. Well, we are going to because I have, oh, yes, I have taken yes. the gauntlet that's been thrown by people. An infinity gauntlet? An infinity gauntlet who are like, <laughs> you know, you you go back and watch those movies and you'll see they, they are, these DC movies are better. Well, challenge accepted, and I'm saying it here so we have to be held to it, but we are going to go back and we'll watch them and we'll report back what we think, watching it with fresh eyes, which I've actually done recently. Here's, here's another thing well, I would, what I, I, would, what I yes, wanted to say continue. originally is like like people were giving me flack for that about how you know if you go back those movies aren't perfect but i think what these all the dc films that have come out except for man of steel which did do this is like bbs and suicide squad are lacking one singular purpose as a movie to me it's like if marvel came out with iron man and it was a hit and then they jumped straight to civil war and then they jumped straight (laughs) to guardians of the galaxy like you didn't you got 10 movies later before you started doing that stuff and i just think i'm worried about wonder woman now like is wonder woman just going to be a wonder woman movie Woman movie, or is it going to constantly be tying back to the present and like setting up Justice League, uh, which I think there's a chance that could be I, some uh, of it. So I, I, I agree with you about the script. If now w- w- there's a separate conversation to be had about trailer, the trailer kind of vision versus the, the reality of the film, but I think I have a feeling what what we're seeing in the Wonder Woman trailers is what the movie is going to be. I. Unless Warner Brothers says, hey, no, we need to do this, that, and the other. It's got that Danny Houston factor. I mean, because of the time period, it's going to be hard except putting a mother box in that movie. That's about really the only, uh, unless they jump to the present, which maybe. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't spend all that money to to go make a period movie and then like, oh, let's scrap it and make the third act all in the present. It would be jarring. But I I still, I'm not worried about Wonder Woman yet. Trailer looked good. I think the kind of person who wrote letter on internet that may or may not be real kind of really through yeah yeah i think that really you know and i you know when patty jenkins has to get out there and kind of defend her movie and you know like it kind of sucks for her but but it's also it's it's validating that letter which again is a purported yeah. form of, it could have no, been somebody worked have. in a uh you know the in the mail room or something and it's it, you know nothing that was said in that letter gave you any insight into what role this person played there 
you know, and, I don't and doubt the that role you play there. Warner Brothers wrote that letter. Whether they have any standing at all to make these allegations, there was one person I thought maybe did, and I spoke to somebody who knows that person, and they claim that that was not them because they would have given far more context. I think, though, to your point about one movie not being able to save it is is one thousand percent valid. It's like the Marvel movies. The strength or the weaknesses of those movies don't hinge on the entire universe. Right. You take one. You take Thor two out. Still doesn't change the rest of the, the trajectory. It's like the only one that they needed to do well was really Iron Man. And, Avengers. and Avengers, yeah. Yeah, well, of course, and Avengers. And which, Avengers Age of Ultron, like, I don't, I wasn't here when that movie came out, but I would have been bashing on that movie because that movie. It's bloated. I, it's, it's bloated. So bloated. It, it, actually has absolutely no stakes and I I had tweeted at the time but I think it's a still a good point where you know Kevin Feige had just announced the the rest of phase three right before that imagine if he just waited until after Ultron came out and you didn't know everything that was coming yet but Age of Ultron served 17 other masters and the most important one wasn't a great Age of Ultron movie so you never had any concern There's, about any of there, the there is a Marvel is in I guess to a degree Disney marketing but mostly Marvel is fantastic at keeping you um, one the pacing of their movies they, they are like old serials and keeping the public perception of the, the larger story they're telling always focused on what happens next, what happens next. So much so that you're distracted from all the flaws of what's going on in the in the present with like some the of their villains. films. You know, like they they just keep you like, oh nope, keep turning the page, keep turning the page. You know, and and I think that's a remarkable gift that sort of alacrity and that sort of the the, the ability to propel the public perception and the public narrative of what they're doing forward, and that's something DC is having trouble with. DC keeps, they get one step forward and two steps back, and DC Warners, I should be you know, specific, about they just win back all this sort of approval with their Comic-Con stuff. stuff. And mm -hmm. then people see Suicide Squad, and that pretty much negates it. I don't think now, it totally negates it, because yeah. there's still there still is a divide between parts of the audience and the press on that one. Where there's, you know, it's it's like a Transformers movie. People are like, oh, oh every that, Transformers movie you're, now sucks. You're selling them. But no, but I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying, there's parts of the audience that still go and love those oh, movies, yeah. regardless. Even that last one, that make was a billion. A, I don't think yeah. it's press and and um, no, I'm not fans saying, though. I think it's really divided among fans at this point. Yeah, no, I'm not saying all press, all fans. Mm -hmm. It's not a us versus them type of thing. But I think there are definite segments that really like. There is a, a large segment that really loved that movie, and they're still. And last Tuesday, they were still seeing that movie. And there's a segment that is either indifferent or d dislikes it. Yeah. But it's not, I don't think it's a monolith It's at this now point. made, we should just point out that uh, Suicide Squad, according to a company press release, they made has made so far 500 million worldwide, uh, a little over 500 million worldwide. Um, you know, not to keep beating this horse, but you had a, there, there's no real momentum left for that movie to make more. Like if No, especially not opening in China either. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, let me, I, I just want to circle back to the Jared Leto thing real quick because with him basically bad-mouthing the movie and kind of throwing it under the bus uh, in recent days, what now? Do they recap? Do you think Jared Leto will come back to play Joker again? Do you think he's burning his bridges? Do they recast Joker? What do you, what do you think? I, what what I happens next for Joker? I don't think it's big enough a big enough a deal, and I don't think it's made a big enough splash that they that Warner Brothers feels that they could, they'd have to recast. I think his involvement is going to depend on. I mean, I, I, I 
They did do a standalone Suicide Squad movie. I can't imagine a standalone Joker movie. I don't. I don't. I can't even wrap my head around that. I think the conversation will have to be between him and Affleck and Terrio and whoever's writing that script or Johns, um, and figure out is there a place for him in the Batman movie and how big that piece is, yeah. uh, whether or not he comes back or not. I agree 100% with that. I think the only place that it makes sense for him to live unless they do a standalone Harley movie is in the standalone Batman movie. We've got our sights set on a bigger villain in in you know Justice League and Justice League Part 2, whatever that ends up being called with Darkseid. Like, I think that Joker is is a small fry, especially for how much they underused him in this film. You heard Joker film. is a small fry. There's a quote that's going to get taken out of context. I mean, he's not a big bad. He's not established as a well, big no, bad. Not, He's not a in the villain. Context of that movie. Yeah. You mean in terms of a, a cosmic threat that in, you would in, need? Yeah, would in terms of a jail. big threat that is bearing down that would need to have a, a, an appearance coming soon. I think if they wait until the standalone Batman movie to bring him back, hopefully the conversation has changed on this franchise. Hopefully the movies have started like really sort of figuring out what they're doing. And if they bring him back, it's going to be more in line with what he wants to do. And I think hopefully they'll have a better idea of what to do with him. If them. they don't bring back Jared Leto, is there anyone that would be curious to see play that character? So I feel like now Batman villain. There are so many. Like, why do you need he to? Because he sells merch. He's one of the best. Yeah, yeah it, but it, it'll if you can't make it up in box office receipts, you got to make it up somewhere else. And Two Face is my favorite Batman uh, character and probably my favorite comic book character. But there's a reason why it's and I collect Two Face figurines and all that stuff. It's a reason why I probably own pretty much everything that's been made because I don't make a lot because he doesn't sell merch the way. Joker and Harley, uh, but I mean they'll Bane still does, put it. They'll know? still put a Joker toy in the set anyway. Yeah, it doesn't. But there will be a Joker, Joker toy. Eventually, they're going to have to resolve the Robin thing. It feels like either you know it's sort of been haphazardly put in there, or it, it is leading up to a bigger confrontation farther down the road, which I hope is the case because I think that's compelling, and I think that's when you bring Joker back in is when you need you need to set the record straight about what happened to Joker. Or maybe there's more to the, the Jason Todd thing than meets the eye if that is the Robin. Which so you I have no picks for who would play Joker. Yeah. Because think about it, whoever comes in, they don't have to follow Heath Ledger. He, he actually, I'll give Leto his, his due. He was the one with the heavy lifting, having to follow that guy. And regardless he, of what you think of his, his performance, that hurdle has been jumped now. He borrowed from mo a bunch of different Jokers. There was a lot of, there was like the, I felt like the gambit of Jokers in his performance. There's a, there's a little bit of Nicholson, there's a little bit of Ledger's, but it's still his own thing. Yeah. Um, all right, well, back in the day before he became Vision, you go see a movie called Gangster Number One, and you watch Paul Bettany in that, and I'm like, he would have been an interesting Joker, but that's all I'll say. We want to hear from you guys. What do you think? Uh, what should they do with the Joker next, especially after Jared Leto not being too happy with it? Maybe one day he'll actually see the movie in, in its entirety, but let us know in the comments uh, and who else you think maybe could take a crack at playing Joker. Uh, let's move on to Justice League. Uh, Henry Cavill revealing what appeared to be the black Superman costume on his Instagram this week. Um, I thought maybe it was just a black and white photo of the blue suit, but everyone seems to think he's hinting at Superman coming back wearing a black costume. Uh, it, I, I thought it was color. It didn't look like it was like a... Yeah? Yeah. What do you think, Terry? Was that the black Superman suit? I think it's the black Superman suit. I still am sort of just like, okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> now, now, if he tweeted a picture, not now. There's the the set picture where he has the spit curl. Now, if he tweets the uh, death of Superman mullet, 
then I'm interested. Now we're in, now people. We're now it's yeah. a picture. Uh, Cyborg, is he in the Flash movie or not? Variety saying he is. Then the director, Rick uh, Famuyiwa, I think I'm getting his name right, um, is uh, is saying says who? In Which is a... A Trump. A Dodge. Yeah. A crafty Dodge. Yeah, yeah craft. The crafty uh, Dodge needs to be like a pub in London. But maybe the response is says who? Variety. <laughs> Variety, definitively. <laughs> yeah. but, he's um, like, but I made the movie. <laughs> but, you know, having been on, here's a humble brag, having been on the set of Justice League, uh, him, uh, uh, Ray Fisher, the actor who plays Cyborg, and Ezra Miller, who plays Flash, had great chemistry, and they seemed like real buddies they were like hanging out together I mean they're just kids and they're hanging out together having a blast in this thing so you kind of want that energy you want that stone in a blast I think I think the only reason that you should justify having all your standalone movies come after all your ensemble movies instead of the other way around is if you're going to continue that story and continue those connections like we know it's going to be Hulk and Thor in the next Thor movie I think you know maybe Cyborg can't carry a movie on his own maybe you do a Flash and Cyborg movie and then he can Both carry ways. a movie on his own. Yeah. 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 Can Can Flash carry a movie by himself? Can Cyborg carry? I think pairing them off is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, just want to mention this real quick. You don't really have to talk about it, but Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar are reprising their roles as Batman, Robin, and Catwoman, respectively, in an upcoming animated movie, Batman: colon, uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders. It's coming out on uh, digital HD on October. Uh, October, Soon. October 11th, <laughs> and then on Blu-ray on November 1st. They have a I, I very can't wait. cute trailer. Very cute trailer. Um, we'll talk more about the movie next week. We're, we are almost at time, but I do want to mention Natalie Portman saying she's quote she believes she's done with the Marvel movie. She she wasn't saying that in any sort of aggressive way. She was asked about it, and she's like she has no idea when she's coming back. As far as she knows, she's all done. With well, the Marvel movie. they're out of Thor movies. She's so not in Thor 3, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, they've got one more, and that one takes place in space, and I don't think he's, you know, sending Jane up to space. And Do, um, we, do we need Jane Foster to return? I, I, don't so. I don't think we need, like, deep love interests in every movie like yeah. we did in, like, the, the first if, phase and some of the second phase. If anybody gets a love interest in that movie, it's going to be the Hulk. So maybe Ooh. Lady Sif will finally get her chance at Thor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deadpool still has a two, baby to have. right? Deadpool two. Now there was a report this week that Kyle Chandler, a Friday Night Lights TV show fam, and and uh, Blood, a uh, million other things. Blood, Blood. What's the the? Oh, uh, Bloodline. Bloodline. Yeah, the, the Netflix. Netflix yeah, uh, is up for the role of Cable. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, and, and uh, um, King Kong. Screw the administrator. Um, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see Kyle well, Chandler. That's because you, you want Stephen you, Lang. Yeah, you had <laughs> Stephen well, we Lang. We did have him in this of week. Of Crime Story. And, and yes, thank you and for going Avatar. old uh, He was in for his movie Don't Breathe, and we have a video up on the side of me asking him about the the, the social media campaign about, about him uh, being, and he says basically it's the fans doing it, and he's just kind of retweeting it, but you wouldn't, I mean, he'll do the picture if you want him to, but... Um, what did he say at the end? He was like, he's like, rough, scrappy, and old. And I'm old, so I should be him. <laughs> but what do you guys think about Kyle yoke. Chandler? Little, as, little yoke. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Chandler, to me, a little doughy for... for doughy? Throw him in a jail. You saying that about right. Coach? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, he's not like... I, look, no... Somebody no. did fan art of what he would look like with, like, silver hair, and they didn't... And, and he just looked like Newt Gingrich. Listen. No, no <laughs> actor in Hollywood looks the way they look in films 
90%, 11 months out of the year. Even Bradley Cooper will tell you the one scene in the A-Team where he had abs. He goes, I had those abs for all of 47 minutes. He said, the minute they turned those cameras off, I drank water, everything changed. I was a regular dude after that. It's movie magic. You know, yeah. Stallone isn't 900 feet tall. Arnold Schwarzenegger really is not, not the biggest guy in the world. And Ron Perlman is not. Like, these people are all larger than life characters. Yeah. So what they look like, you know, 11 months out of the year and what they look like on film, different. I think Kyle Chandler has sold people on him as, as not just the good guy dad, um, thanks to Bloodline. And I think he is a good enough actor that the challenge of a villain is something he would rise he's to the occasion. He's not a villain, though, Cable's not well, a villain. No. I, you know, he's a more in the anti-heroish yeah. zip code. And then Mackenzie Davis from Halt and Catch Fire and The Martian is also rumored to be up for the role of Domino, who can affect Locke. That's like her, but she's a mercenary because I'm going to go to Vegas with her 90s. and Gambit next week. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, let's talk about real quick because we're almost out of time. But in the the nineties, what about my cards you gave? Oh my me? God, that's right. Terry's got all kinds of stuff. I got responsibility oh, this yeah. time. Oh yeah, go on, points. go on, go on. Oh, uh, did I just ruin your segue? All right, no, that's okay. It. We got our first look is of Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The first full costume. Yes. Um, still creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. I mean. I don't really know if I needed uh, a, a period-looking Pennywise. Like to me, Pennywise always struck me as like that just kind of grungy, cheap, traveling carnival kind of clown. And this is going for more like the kind of the historical lineage of what clowns looked like from like old Italian paintings. The past and stuff. is creepy. Yeah. All I have to see is his face, and I'm like the Roadrunner. So I mean, yeah. I'm not even seeing. Yeah, that this is what that full body look gave me a big reminder of more than anything else is that Bill Skarsgård has got a very defined, creepy face when he wants it to. So that I think works There's pretty a well. Backhand uh, Period. Weirdo. Well, you know, I mean, it worked very well in in Hemlock Grove. Um, moving on, Detective Pikachu. We found out that the Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain Marvel writer Nicole Perlman and Gravity Falls writer Alex Hirsch are writing the script. Does that make you any more interested in this project? Hearing I don't have the horse on the Pikachu race. So. Yeah, uh, neither do I. <laughs> but but saying the that the Pikachu production, uh, I think part of that report, and I forgot to write it down on the card, was production is supposed to start next year. That's more of a concern for me. Is like. Rushing? Yeah, is this just going to be some cobbled together thing to kind of, not that not that Pokemon is like you know an iron that it will go cold. It's been around for twenty years or more, but but we've caught some, I think. Yeah, I mean it just. But to me, it just seems like let's just rush this thing into production, and it'll be cute, cutesy enough. You Did know. they say when next year? They just said 2017. 2017. I mean, 2017 is a long time. So I don't know oh, that it's necessarily rushing. We have to get all the rushing. nuances of those characters down, <laughs> Perry. Um, I do. I mean, she's got to be close, if not done, with the Captain Marvel script at this point. Yeah. So I would imagine that she would be taking this on. Uh, Gravity Falls has its fan base, gets gets kids, also gets some adults in there. I think Nicole Perlman has won my faith as being a, a compelling writer. Guardians is my favorite Marvel movie. I think she really found a way to bring characters like a, a 
talking raccoon and a tree that only says its name to be fan favorites. Um, <laughs> so that Star Wars movie. We were we were a bit skeptical about how it could work, uh, especially having her on board has me uh, a bit more excited. And Detective Pikachu is such sort of like it makes more sense to me than Pokemon Go or some of the other things. So I think they can have some fun with First it. First person Pokemon Go. Um, are we surprised this took so long? Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are doing a comedy Sherlock Holmes. I feel like I saw that Watson. movie already. I don't know when, but it I was feel called like it without ex- a clue. Oh, I feel yeah. like it already existed. No, it's perfect. I'm sure it'll be great. It was supposed to be uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, and that didn't work out. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I feel like there's enough Sherlock stuff that's been out there in the last few years. I, I feel like it's a like, bit saturated. What, the market's a bit saturated. Yeah, I don't really see like. But I would not, rather you're see not going for Sherlock. You're going for Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like and a different rapper. Personally, as much as I, you know, really enjoy the Anchormans and stepbrothers of the world, I feel like they are going the way of the Adam Sandler. They're still really funny Whoa. and doing interesting things. Whoa. I know. Controversial. But I statement. feel like there's like diminishing returns on their movies. Uh, and while they do seem like a good fit for Holmes and Watson, I'm just sort of like, okay, cool. Great. Right. Another another thing of the same shtick. I, I don't think they have any any uh, there's any danger of them getting into the Direct to uh, streaming. Yeah, um, they aren't that Sandler. far. They aren't. That Will Ferrell far. will just do supporting character stuff. If Will Ferrell wanted to do TV beer commercials for the rest of his career, I'd be like, I'm on board. He'll get I, a cable show or something. I will. I you're right. I do need to clarify that. I do. I do not. That was a bit too flip. I apologize. I do really like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, but it does just feel like more of the same. And and while it like really popped with Anchorman and Step Brothers, I don't think it's popping. As much yeah, I mean, anymore. I feel like it's there are definitely waves of things, and like if you do the same thing too many times, I mean, I, I'd love to see them, uh, him and Riley. I think they have great chemistry, but I just feel like there's a stronger vehicle than like Holmes and Watson. I feel like I already know how those jokes will play out, mm-hmm. what will happen, you know, and they'll get some other. Well, they could do. They'll Holmes. probably get Ricky Gervais to play more already right. now or something like. Well, they could know. do Holmes and Yo-Yo as well. Yeah. Well, they also look it up, folks. Uh, what's Wait, next on? Oh, next. Well, no, I'm on. I'm on top of my responsibilities. I'm this just, keeping real. He gave me a card. You guys, he gave me a card. Just, she's um, got the either of it's the time to talk about the box office, or trying to tell me that I have bo. But you want to talk about uh, <laughs> War Dogs, Ben Hur, Kubo, and Two Strings? We are expecting that Suicide Squad and Sausage Party will remain on top of the box office this weekend. Yeah. Even with those. I think I, I do wonder if Sausage Party won't eek past Suicide Squad a little bit. I think this is going to be the weekend that I go see it. I didn't get a chance to last yeah, week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think War Dogs is, is uh, it's, will do meh kind of business. It's a, it's a Todd Phillips movie, and outside of Hangover and Old School, I think you either really like Todd Phillips movies or you don't. I really like his movies. I think people might go into this expecting like a more of a straight comedy, and if you've watched mm. any Todd Phillips movie, including the Hangover movies, those movies are dark. They're comedies, the, but they are the dark. The last two Hangover movies were way heavy. Like, yeah. That yeah. third I mean, one was is, depressing. This is a director who started off making a movie about Gigi Allen. So, I mean, yeah. just know what you're getting into. Due it's dates not be like all, that, too. Yeah, all jokes. It takes, yeah. it takes kind of a, a slightly morbid turn at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I think uh, Kuba in the two strings, I don't think is going to do anything. Um, uh, it's it's a Leica. I really like Leica, but they I mean, the box trolls made an impact. It wasn't a yeah. huge one, but it was No, it, it did, well but I think it was a, a easier sell. I feel like this one, and I think we mentioned it last week, like something about Kuba and the two strings, I think it, it seems like a movie that was a Japanese import that American actors are dubbing really? over, and mm -hmm. it's not. It's a, an American-made, you know, film. Uh, and then Ben-Hur, I have seen. And uh, look, you know, the review will be up by the time this goes up. What's yeah. the score? Well, Scott, Scott, Scott is uh, Scott's reviewing. He's scoring it lower than I did. I think he's giving a five eight. Don't Oof. don't hold me to it, just in case that the score changes. Um, I would have gone like six, maybe six five, but it's a, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. But Roma Downey, is the, Roma Downey <laughs> is the Roma Downey is one of the producers on there, and she does all the religious stuff. And I feel like. She really wanted to just make a big Biblical. feature film about Jesus because unlike the Ben-Hur of the 50s with Charles Heston. Heston, where you don't really ever see Jesus, it's actually a really interesting thing. Like, it's all about Heston's reaction to Jesus. You kind of see just like the corner of him and stuff. Uh, this is full-on Rodrigo Santoro, I believe it's him, as, as Jesus. And um, he was a far more compelling character than Jack Houston's Ben-Hur. Uh, and then, you know, poor Toby Kebbell, the best actor is constantly in, like, not-so-great movies. I feel like uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the uh, exception to that rule because that's an awesome movie. It's a great movie. Um, and he gives and a great performance. He gives a great performance, but, like, he's got Warcraft, um, and then uh, he was Doctor Doom last year in Fantastic Four. He was in, like, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Prince of Persia, like... He's like All the best winners. actor who can't, and he's the best thing usually in bad movies. So, and give him a Disney film. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So Ben Hur, Ben Hur, not not a particularly good movie. Uh, you feel like Timur Beckman Bedoff just wanted to make the movie for the oh, chariot racing. Did that yeah, oh, okay. uh, but did there's a lot of the lo bullet? lot of weird directorial <laughs> choices of like like handheld and like close up shots and stuff. And, and early on in like the in the um, uh, I believe in uh, the like the village kind of scenes and and then Morgan Freeman is totally phony it in. He's got like he's wearing like battlefield earth hair uh, and it's just yeah it's just not good. I'm just Jack imagining Houston him as so God wooden. in the Lego movie. Like, yeah, it's just like, yeah it just it's not a good it's not a good movie. It's not as terrible as I thought it would be. But it's actually the reason why I'm still talking about it is it's shaping up to be one of the biggest bombs of the summer. And it's been a summer that's been fairly flat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, going to probably make twelve records, million this weekend, and it cost something like a hundred and fifty million or something. It cost a lot to make. So. Well, segue maybe to a movie that could be good or bad. I'm not sure. I haven't read Megan's review of it yet. But Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy 15, the new Final Fantasy movie, is also coming out. She thought it was out. good. She thought She's it was given good. Given in a seven. Um, uh, if you're on the fence about it, we have 12 minutes the of footage 12 minutes. from the movie, so you can check that out. But it is interesting. I mean, there have been three Final Fantasy movies. There has been uh, The Spirits Within, which was the first one, which everyone thought was going to be Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, but was not, and everyone hated it, and it was much more sci-fi. I actually liked it at the time I was younger. Um, I remember it came out at the same time as... Um, 
oh, what was the Matt Damon? Oh, uh, Titan AE, oh. and <laughs> which I actually also really like. So I guess don't judge my opinion on these things. Uh, and Treasure Planet, they all to me uh, at the time felt like they had similar vibes. Uh, but then there was Final Fantasy VII: Advent Children, which was a sequel sequel to Final Fantasy VII, and now they're releasing a big Kingsglaive with Aaron Paul um, voicing it. That is a tie-in to Final Fantasy XV sort of focusing on different characters than the main characters in the game and, and adding some more, I think, to like sort of the royal backstory, including yeah. a female character, Luna, who is not playable in the game, but is one of the um, most prominent female characters. And Megan also has an interview with Aaron Paul that will be up on the site by the time you watch this, and he's the main voice actor in there. We should say Lena Headey and Sean Bean also do voices in there. So Thank you, because I could not remember those off the top of my head. kind of a slightly so uh, Game of Thrones reunion there. But, uh, yeah. So will Sean Bean die? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> we should just do odds before everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they cast them, I don't know. Uh, but basically, I, if you're interested in Kingsglaive and how it ties into Final Fantasy, and that will have a, a brief, uh, or, or I should say, a limited theatrical release, and it'll also be out on uh, Blu-ray and digital in the weeks ahead. And Final Fantasy 15 was delayed mm -hmm. a couple months. It was supposed to coincide closer, but I think now you have to wait until. It bumped it down the wah, wah, Whatever. Wah. Make All a better right. game. I think that was our last thing on our, our notes. So, it is. We did uh, it, guys. We'll take it home now. Right? So, all right. Well, let us know your thoughts at keepitatrail.ign.com. Follow us at, at Terry underscore Schwartz, just at Ahmad Childress. Yep. At Jim Veveda. For all things movies, keep it here on IGN. <laughs>